You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Sergio Arguelles, President and CEO of FINSA Mexico. Mexico continues to be an important trade partner with the United States, and with advantages in proximity, skilled labor, improved infrastructure, and competitive costs, Mexico is poised for an expanded presence in North American trade. Sergio Arguelles, President and CEO of FINSA Mexico, share some of his observations on the growing logistics industry in Mexico, as well as his take on the potential impact of the incoming USMCA. Joining me today is Sergio Arguelles, President and CEO of FINSA Mexico. Senor Arguelles, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. It's a pleasure, uh, Jeffrey. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, first off, before we get started, how are you doing today uh, in the middle of this uh, COVID-19 craziness? Well, we're we're surviving. Uh, we're obviously following the in the recommendations and the protocols, and we're staying healthy. We're staying uh, inbounds, uh, keeping safe distances. So uh, trying to make ends do, and uh, we're trying to also uh, enjoy the family uh, as, as most of our families are uh, here at home. So making the best of it. Good to hear. Uh, so for my U.S. audience, Senor Wallace, could you give us a little bit of info about your background in the industry and what you're doing with FINSA today? Surely. Uh, thanks for the question uh, and thanks for the interview, uh, Jeffrey. FINSA was founded in 1997, almost uh, 44 years ago, uh, in, the, in a border town uh, uh, with the southern tip of, uh, the, of Texas. Name of the city is Matamoros. Uh, we've grown uh, to be uh, one of the uh, largest industrial developers in Mexico. We have uh, uh, 126 uh, million square feet of developed space, uh, of which we've kept in, uh, under lease and under management 28 uh, million square feet. We own and operate 25 industrial parks throughout uh, Mexico, uh, located in 14 states, uh, most of the larger industrial uh markets in Mexico. We have 60 plus locations uh, spread out throughout Mexico. We focus on uh, the industrial and logistics uh, operations, manufacturing, uh, uh, auto and and logistics operations. 60% of our portfolio are U.S. companies, so we're very tight with the U.S. uh, economy. As a highlight to mention from our company, uh, we developed the first industrial or what you call supplier park for the auto industry in the uh, in Latin America back in '93 for Volkswagen uh, uh, to operate the just-in-time, just-in-sequence, and uh, we've in- also integrated in the- our industrial parks, combining manufacturing, distribution, housing, and and retail. We try to we try to make a uh, a little city uh, within our our developments. Also very focused on sustained uh, sustainable operations in our developments. So very uh, a lot of green construction with uh, certified lead uh, buildings, uh, and we have uh, we can say that we 30% of our the lead certifications in, out of Mexico have been through our through our company. Great. Now speaking of operations, I'm familiar with what uh, companies here in the U.S. are doing uh, regarding the pandemic. But what actions has FINSA taken to respond to COVID-19? Well, it's been it's been a learning experience, but. We were one of the first to react. Uh, we contacted most of the important industrial uh, uh, chambers, associations, uh, to try to work together uh, with the government to support and, uh, and try to at least maintain some of the operations, the essential operations open, uh, and, and try to maintain some of the supply chain that were critical to some of our, our sectors, some of our industries. 
the medical, uh, the logistics. As you know, the, uh, the auto shut down uh, for a couple of months. They used it to uh, prepare themselves to do maintenance, uh, maintenance programs. They have not since then uh, reopened. And obviously, it is essential that some of their suppliers, they all are coordinated to, uh, to restart. So we're trying to coordinate that. With our clients, we were obviously concerned uh, about 60% of our portfolio were directly impacted, affected, uh, uh, whether they had partial shutdowns or total shutdowns. And we approached them to try to alleviate some of the uh, weight or, uh, from the shutdown that was representing uh, or was affecting their economy. So we, we work with them in, uh, on a case-by-case case, uh, uh, and try to work on some deferral uh, of some of the lease payments. But, yeah, we try to be very close in, in helping them with the uh, – to establish protocols for for operations and uh, working with them in regards to uh, controlling uh, access to their facilities and just obviously the in the most uh, most important part is the economic uh, effects we work with them to try to see if they can alleviate some of the uh, rental payments and uh, within our team uh, we reacted uh, even before the you know to, uh, to try to work uh, out of the uh, home office 100% we we established a 100% uh, Home office operations, and right since then we're trying to work back into the uh, labor force as as dictated by the authorities. Now, speaking more to the economic side of things, why is manufacturing in Mexico uh, a competitive advantage for the uh, the Americas regional market, particularly with the uh, the specter of a China-U.S. trade war looming? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, we've always been, you know, to me, Mexico has always been. Uh, uh, the best kept secret of the trading uh, market, uh, but it uh, now has been highlighted. Uh, you have tensions with, uh, as you mentioned, with uh, China, uh, the United States and China, and that has escalated and will continue to escalate uh, during the, the the Trump administration. Mexico has proven itself uh, uh, to be a, a good trading partner, and we have a, a fantastic. Uh, uh, Labor uh, labor force, uh, whether it's reliable, uh, with uh, great productivity, quality, and, uh, and, and very competitive uh, labor costs, uh, and obviously uh, the COVID nineteen is it's it's affecting uh, even even more that in addition to the trade war, the, the COVID nineteen, a lot of uh, the suppliers are rethinking uh, their strategies and, uh, and 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 trying to depend less on the Asian market and. And be closer to home. The nearshoring, which is uh, which is something that has been mentioned, uh, we're definitely uh, uh, living uh, a lot of the uh, rethinking of, of some of the operations. Uh, Chinese automakers uh, keep uh, showing up their interest in Mexico. Uh, uh, some of them have a lot of also already experience here, and obviously they're trying to uh, to establish uh, some kind of foot ground in in operations or expand their operations or joint venture with some of the uh, uh, American uh, uh, operations to try to maintain their their productivity or the connections to the U.S. market. And some of the uh, uh, other advantages is, is that we have zero uh, tariff on trade uh, between the U.S. and Mexico, uh, as well as uh, the low labor cost and the, as mentioned before, and the uh, and the proximity and the transportation cost, which is which is essential to the competitiveness of the operations. Are there uh, any other infrastructure investments that you're making as you look ahead for Mexico? Well, we we try to we try to make make sure that our parks are state of the art. Uh, we do have a lot of uh, expansions uh, on some of our existing facilities. 
we we do look at some of the markets that are being more active, uh, especially the, some of the border towns that have been uh, 100% occupied and, uh, and and demanding for uh, more and bigger space. I want to jump in with a, a couple of questions. Uh, you know, I, I uh, was curious to know a little bit more about your city approach, industrial campus, and why that's important. We're uh, we're seeing some of that activity here. Uh, given the fact that uh, workers want to be near, uh, suppliers want to be near. So could you just tell us a little bit about uh, that? Uh, gl- uh, gladly. No, we've, we've, you know, we've developed and, uh, and improved our, our developments uh, through what I mentioned, uh, try to integrate uh, uh, not only just the industrial part, but also have housing uh, uh, nearby so people uh, throughout the years, we learned that uh, uh, the turnover ratios were were high based on on, on the distances between the, the from the living quarters to the uh, to the industrial uh, uh, hubs. Uh, people uh, would take two hours of transportation just to get there. Uh, uh, in some of the border towns in Mexico, even the interior market. So we we try to try to adapt uh, some of our developments to not only have the industrial manufacturing, uh, especially since we're catering only to uh, to clean pot, clean uh, manufacturing, uh, not contaminating any type of contaminating. So housing can be easily adapted and be established uh, next to uh, next to the uh, facilities. The people can walk to their facilities, can ride their bikes to the facility. They can also uh, enjoy shopping around the facility. So we try to build those type of communities uh, with some of our industrial parks. That makes for a happier workforce, which uh, certainly is better for all. So uh, also, uh, we are coming up with our sustainability issue soon. And uh, it occurred to me, since you mentioned it a few times with the lead and uh, and again, uh, with the sustainability and the campus approach, uh, are companies there, uh, given the current situation, as concerned about sustainability as they should be? Yes, Keith. They're actually expanding uh, their way of uh, of building or thinking about uh, uh, wellness and the sustainability of their facilities. They are more they're looking for more green areas, more open spaces. Uh, and that's uh, that's something that we're going to you know see more as we learn more about this pandemic. And obviously, we try to adapt some of our facilities. But yeah, people are getting conscious. We started with the uh, with the sustainability uh, some time ago, and obviously with the LEED uh, certifications, we went green a couple of years ago. But it is important that uh, some green areas are maintained and open spaces are maintained, and I think we'll see a lot more of that. Perfect. And so we have a, a parent company called ThomasNet, and that is uh, surveying industrial manufacturers uh, in the U.S., and so a recent survey with uh, reference to what you mentioned, nearshoring and reshoring, uh, in uh, April, they asked the question, uh, are you considering, given current circumstances, uh, reshoring or nearshoring? And at that point, the industrial manufacturers uh, responded that 30% of them were in April. Uh, and as we moved on into May, uh, that response went from 30% to 60%. Is is uh, the nearshoring curve rising as you see it, or is it still about the same as it was? Well, uh, I, I think your numbers are right. Uh, we're starting to see a lot more uh, interest in uh, 
in uh, some of the <clears throat> some of the operations. Uh, uh, remember, a lot of the operations that are in Mexico also are transnationals that are also have operations uh, throughout the world, and some of them have operations in in Asia. And they've been impacted in regards to the uh, whether it's a trade war or the closing of uh, of the markets based on the uh, pandemic. So, uh, so having their proximity or the or their operations ramping up uh, or expanding their operations close to their market, which is the United States, is is very important to them. So, yeah, we are we are seeing a lot more interest from the clients that we already exist, already have establishments in uh, in Mexico. So uh, one question, which uh, we would relate later to a political question. What's your assessment of the USMCA? Uh, good, bad, indifferent? Uh, how, how will it function in your view, since you have uh, many important global customers? And uh, finally, as a tag to that, we're coming into a political season in the U.S., uh, which the outcome is uncertain. Uh, do you think that the USMCA will last through the change in uh, uh, administration, if that were to happen? Uh, yes. Uh, no, I definitely think the uh, uh, USMCA is uh, beneficial to, uh, to the trading partners, uh, uh, whether it's Canada, United States, or Mexico. Uh, we all uh, saw the benefits in the 25-year history of the uh, original uh, trade agreement, the, free trade ag- the original free trade agreement. Uh, Mexico grew, the United States grew, and Canada grew in itself in the, the integration, the more dependency. Uh, we all benefited from uh, from uh, better production uh, uh, relationships and better better cost of, uh, of uh, and quality of productivity. So yeah, the, the USMCA was a uh, uh, in Mexico at the beginning we were skeptical in regards to the uh, to where it was the U.S. Uh, president was going. And uh, we, then we, you know, we we understood that more than anything, the uh, the, uh, the request was to update and upgrade that relationship, which was uh, was essential to be uh, reviewed. And I think the end product is good. The change of administration is uh, I I I do re- uh, recognize that there there might be some opposition in regards to some of the clauses from the uh, from the uh, Democrat side. But I think they all, in, in general, realize that it, it's a good agreement, and I think they'll, uh, they'll continue with uh, as has been established. They were they were able to review it, and they did uh, pass it through the chamber. So I think uh, in itself, they've had plenty of time to review it and to uh, to accept the uh, the contents of it. So Sergio, do you have any other uh, comments or questions uh, that you want to uh, address for this podcast? No, just uh, for everybody, stay safe. We'll uh, live through this, and uh, we'll recuperate, and we'll uh, get get even stronger. And uh, for the audience, where can they go to find out more information about Finsa? Well, Finsa is a uh, it's a national company. Uh, you can uh, look us up at www.finsa.net. Excellent, uh, Senor Aguilas. Thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to us today. Best of luck to Finsa, and stay safe. Okay. You too, Jeffrey, and keep pleasure me uh, talking to you guys. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game.
The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.